of you out there listening, I'm Andy Kahn, and this is the Jambase Podcast. Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. Osiris will soon launch Highway Butterfly, the stories of Neil Casal, a companion podcast for the upcoming Highway Butterfly, the songs of Neil Casal all-star tribute album. The first episode arrives on September 10th, with additional episodes set for release throughout the fall. Coming up on this Jambase Podcast episode is my interview with singer-songwriter Liz Cooper whose new album, Hot Sass, comes out on Friday, September 3rd through 30 Tigers. We'll get to that interview shortly, but first, let's hear about this episode's sponsor, Snug Pups. This episode is sponsored by Snug Pups. Snug Pups makes officially licensed Grateful Dead dog coats. Now your dog can be a deadhead too. Use the discount code JAMBASE at checkout for 15% off of your order. All Grateful Dead dog coats are made with super cozy, double-lined polyester fleece, or canvas with fleece lining, and feature high stitch count, embroider, Grateful Dead, Steal Your Face, Dancing Bear, or the very popular Dog Face Steely Patches on each side of the coat. Or choose a donut patterned canvas coat to keep your runaway gym or harpua warm this winter. Snug Pups is a family-run business based in rural Pennsylvania with a mission to make it easy, affordable, and fun for every dog owner to be able to dress their dogs for warmth, comfort, and style. Snug Pups handmade coats fit all dogs of every crazy shape and size with a warm coat that is easy to get on and off your dog. Snug Pups love fitting giant Great Danes and even Mastiffs too. No more wrestling your dog's legs through holes. No more trying to buckle something under your dog's squirming head. Snug Pups coats are simply over the head and one strap around the middle. It's that easy. Your best friend will be so comfy in this fleece, he or she won't want to wear anything else, and all their dog friends will be so envious. Visit snugpups.net to order your Grateful Dead or donut pattern dog coat today. That's S-N-U-G-P-U-P-S dot net. And enter the discount code JAMBASE when you check out to save 15% off of your coat order. While bands and musicians are adjusting to touring and adding protective protocols in response to the COVID-19 Delta variant, many others are also now dealing with the effects of Hurricane Ida, which caused flooding and forced the cancellation of this weekend's Bonnaroo Festival in Tennessee. In fact, Liz Cooper was supposed to perform at the farm tonight, but was canceled along with the rest of the impressive lineup. Wildfires on the West Coast have also impacted live music. The devastating Caldor Fire forced Fish to move their shows in State Line, Nevada, near Lake Tahoe, to Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, California. Be sure to visit Jambase to read Scotty B's recap of the first night at Shoreline that featured an impressive setlist, including the first Axla 2 since New Year's 1995, and a 47-minute version of Soul Planet. You'll have to head to Jambase to read my recap and check out the skinny for night two at Shoreline. That article also has information on how you can donate to help support the Caldor Fire recovery efforts. As I mentioned, Liz Cooper has an excellent new album, Hot Sass, that comes out tomorrow. I recently had a chance to talk to Liz over a video call. She was back in Nashville where she lived for many years before relocating to Brooklyn in early 2020. Rehearsals for her tour in support of Hot Sass brought her back to Nashville, and she called me from the parking lot of a Music City grocery store during a break in practice. Liz told me about coming to the decision to release the album under her own name, which was a first after previously using the Liz Cooper and the Stampede moniker. She discussed the reasoning behind wanting to drop the Stampede, and how her new bandmates were supportive of the decision. Liz described recording Hot Sass with producer Benny Yurko at his recording studio in Burlington, Vermont. 
She talked about recording much of the album live inside the intimate confines of Yurko's Little Jamaica recordings with bassist Joe Bissery, drummer Ryan Usher, and multi-instrumentalist Michael Liebermento. Cooper also discussed her songwriting process and its evolution, her eagerness to get back on the road and tour in support of Hot Sass, and much more. Here's my interview with Liz Cooper, which we'll lead into with a bit of the Hot Sass single, Feeling Good. Invisible and young Enough to still have any fun Cause feeling good is fine But are we feeling good? I laugh until we cry In this champagne junk and high Cause feeling good is fine I'm not sure I'm feeling I'm here with Liz Cooper. We're going to talk about your new album, Hot Sass, which comes out on September 3rd. That's right. uh, I've been I've been listening to it over the past couple of days. It's a great album. Um, I think it, it it's uh, it, it's been really fun to listen to. It has a lot of different aspects to it that keep me interested and, and keep me going back for for multiple listens. Um, and I find something new. I feel like every time. Um, it, it's it's under your own name. Um, this is the sort of the first time you've done that. Is that is that accurate? This is the first time I've done that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what was sort of the motivation behind that? Um, in the past, you've, you've, you've used, you know, had a band associated, the Stampede, with your, with your name. Um, but this time you're not. Yeah, I mean, I still have a band. I just was really tired of the moniker. And I made mm-hmm. it when I was 19. I'm 29 now. I just didn't feel like I really liked it anymore and i think after this amount of time that we've been off uh and making this record has felt the most uh personal to me i kind of was like this is my time to uh nix the the name and uh so yeah i mean that was kind of it i just was really tired of it and i didn't want people to continue to think that i play country music uh which I feel like the stampede was very much so that vibe. I mean, not, we, we weren't that vibe, but I think like when people would see it, they'd be like, Oh, you play country music, huh? I'd be like, no. And you were also based in Nashville. Um, do you, you used to be right. You've, you've since relocated to, to Brooklyn, right? Yeah. I live in Brooklyn. I, um, I'm in Nashville right now rehearsing. Uh, oh, but, cool. Yeah. Um, so do you think also being in Nashville had a, a sort of a, rest, a restrictive um, sort of impact as well, kind of adding to that you're a country band? Yeah, I think people probably also associated that with with everything. They're probably like, oh, she lives in Nashville, so this is what she does. But I don't feel like uh, people play i mean country music is obviously really uh 
in the roots of Nashville, but I feel like there is a really, really great rock scene in Nashville. And Mm -hmm. uh, there was a major shift there. uh, I don't know, within the last like 10 years. Right. Which is cool. Definitely. And so when did you move to Brooklyn? I moved uh, to Brooklyn. Well, I I landed in my apartment basically the end of January, which was when we finished our record of 2020. And then I feel like I just like started, I like moved all of my things in and was like, I live in New York now, like March 5th. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then everything shut down and I've had a really interesting perspective uh, for the last you know, over a year, over a year and a half at this point. Um, I'm very thankful for that perspective and it's pushed me uh, and everyone else in the world in a really interesting way. Um, So I'm happy to have been there and, uh, you know, suffered in my own way uh, (laughs) uh, through it. So you, you really got to live in New York once you moved, once you moved there. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. And, and, and what sort of prompted that move? You had been in Nashville for quite some time before that, right? Yeah. I think that was kind of what the deal was. I had been in Nashville for about nine years and this is where I spent my formative years. And, um, I just really wanted to change. I, I'm a very transient person. Uh, and I've, always moved just since I was a kid. And, mm-hmm. um, I knew I want, I, I feel like I more so moved to Nashville with like my, my goal and my dream to be like, I'm going to make it as a musician and do these things. And, you know, obviously it's not like a thing that can happen in a year. And when you're 18, you don't know that. And I, you know, lived here until I was, uh, 27 or so. And, uh, I just was ready. I was ready for a change. I I just felt like I wasn't being pushed here in uh, in ways that I want to be pushed in just in just my life aside from music. And I've always wanted to move to New York since I was little. And, um, it's just a place where I feel like anything is possible. And so, it was just a very natural and organic opportunity for me to move up there and it just happened. And so I'll probably be there until it spits me out. I, I imagine you had friends there too, that w- before you moved. Yeah, I have friends there. Um, you know, I mean, everything this past year has been really strange, so I haven't really gotten to do anything or yeah. like see, uh, people, um, which I, and I think now, uh, I think now, especially being in Nashville right now, because I have boatloads of friends and, and people who I consider my family who live here, I, I mm-hmm. feel like, uh, I don't really want to see too many people because it's yeah. still very real. And, um, I think also I just get overwhelmed in social situations and I just don't, I feel very comfortable uh, being by myself. That's well, that that's a good thing to have over the past year. <laughs> yeah. It's taken a lot of practice. It's not like I was comfortable with that sure, uh, right sure. off the bat, yes. but I've, 
been practicing like everyone else. Yes, and, it's, a, it's uh, a life skill. Yeah. Yes. I've learned to love it. So you mentioned you finished the album last January. Did it yeah. get pushed? Did the release then get pushed back because of the pandemic? Uh, no, I mean, we finished recording in January and then we hadn't done anything with mixing and mastering at that point. So it kind of was just do we release it with everything that's happening in the world or do we hold it until we have a better idea of what's happening and how to plan to move forward. And mm -hmm. I think myself and my team included was like, let's just uh, deal with what's happening in the, in the world and, and take the time that we need and um, let's just put it on hold until we, uh, are able to do things again, which I feel like is, you know, now is uh, a good, good time. I suppose. Uh, I mean, I guess nobody still really knows what's happening, but um, at least there's not like an election that's happening. That's uh, really insane. And um, I don't know, there was just, there was so much noise and so many, so many important things that were happening last year that yeah. I was just like, I'm focusing on this and uh, focusing on my mental health and figuring out how to uh, do things uh, as a like non-musician would do, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, I it, just. Is it hard having a record done and sitting, I, not sitting on it, but keeping it sort of back for so long have you done that before I, is that is that typical i feel like that's fairly typical yeah. i feel like you record and then like you build a team and you figure out what you're going to do with the record and then it's like oh like you've had this record done for like a year or right. two years and then you release it and whatever i mean that's kind of what happened with window flowers is that we recorded it and that was when i was just building my team around me and uh and we were just like really kind of figuring out how to how how to grow and how to you know do things in in a larger way and um so that was kind of the beginning of of that and so we had window flowers i mean we recorded it in 2016 and we released it in 2018 Okay. Um, but I mean, you know, we were also touring during that time. So it felt yeah. like there was a lot of uh, productive things that were happening. And so, I mean, this time I, I have had my team uh, since then. And, and so it was more so just a different experience because we weren't like productive. You know, or like, yeah, we, no, I we know. We were like, we weren't like touring. So I guess from that standpoint, it was strange to have a record done and just be like, okay, like, well, we have this. And, and I know for myself, uh, creatively, I like need to release to move forward. And I feel like to not be able to just get these things out has held me back in some ways, uh, from being able to make more songs. But I also I, I, I'm talking to a lot of my friends who are artists. I mean, I know that this year has been really strange uh, and hard to mm -hmm. write. I haven't been able to write very much this past year just because I 
am processing. Uh, and everybody's you know, bandwidth was at its max. Yeah, it was just an insane uh, emotional and mental trauma is happening left yeah. and right. So um, I think we're all just trying to figure out how to how to get by on a daily basis. And um, and I, I guess, like, figure out how to tour again and how to do normal things, because that's that is my normal routine and my that is just what the norm is for me. So to take me out of that has been very uh, not normal. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I just am trying to figure out how to uh, get back into that world too. And I think a lot of last year was everyone being so ready to do that, but also not ready because they're terrified. And and also like everybody's like, hurry up and, and wait. And so, and now it's it's like training for a marathon mentally and you're like at the start line waiting for the person to like shoot the guns or start running and and no one's doing it because no one knows what's happening or knows how to begin the race so everybody's looking at each other to go are you first are you first who's gonna go yes yeah yeah Yeah. exhausting so so if the if the album was recorded um in in early 2020 then the songs were probably written obviously before that um yeah what what was what's your writing process like were you were you writing on the road because you were touring a lot then yeah uh i mean it varies but for this I, i wrote most of it in 2019 um i wrote it in the van uh mm-hmm. in between sound check and shows and mm-hmm. um I mean, at motels, uh, in between tours at my house, which is the, the, the palace, the slice of life at the palace, it's a place called the Pennock palace. And, um, I mean, that was just, I was writing as much as I possibly could and any chance that I could get, I really, I felt like I was really pushing myself creatively during that time and a really, really intense way. and uh, just living for the art, which I love and romanticize and my favorite artists are like that. It's also Uh unhealthy. So I think (laughs) that was, uh, something that pushed me in a really interesting and cool way of, of, for these songs to, uh, take shape, um, by kind of living that lifestyle.
completely different process than window flowers. And I am older than when I was writing those. And Mm -hmm. those honestly, window flowers were some of like my first songs that I had written. Uh, And so this is like the next uh, stage and uh, next just just a different writing style that I feel like I've developed over the years and especially living in Nashville where song is king and um you know it's it's so important down here and so I'm I'm so thankful to have uh basically grown up here in in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. learned that and um yeah I mean it really was just writing as much as I possibly could and then having no break. And, and that was yeah. uh, perfect to add to the maddening uh, or just to, to the madness. And then uh, we had a lineup change. And uh, so Joe Baziri uh, started playing bass with us, which was amazing and, and organic. And that just really happened at the perfect time that he was trying to find a new direction and uh just trying to find a new uh band to play with and Mm -hmm. it just really was so natural and organic and and that him and ryan and i were like well we should let like we we need to make a record let's do it and so i had my my batch of songs and and it wasn't like anything where I was like, these are going to be hot sass. Like it was like just a batch of songs that I was like, I don't know. Like I was so in it in my own world. I was like, I don't know what these could be. And mm-hmm. um, we just, t- we picked a month where we were like, we're going to work these songs into fruition and into like real, like whatever service we need to do to the song we're treating it like a nine to five and we just got together every day and worked through them until we were like okay this is great and uh and that's kind of also how ryan and i got to know joe uh in a deeper way which was a really amazing experience and it was a different way for me to get to know ryan because he had never written with me before and um and so i i was really uh proud of all of us for uh our service to these songs and it it really was very selfless and uh it was just a lot of really hard work was it during that process during the songwriting process that the idea to make this just a liz cooper record did, did that happen or was that after, did that come about after you had completed it and, and, and knew what it was going to be? Uh, no, I think it happened like last year. I was, I, I, I was like, I don't want to have this band's name anymore. This record mm-hmm. doesn't feel like the stampede. It, it feels yeah. different. Um, yes. I, and it was with completely different people and mm-hmm. So I was just like, this is my, I need to do this for myself. This will make me happiest and this will be the most challenging for me. So I uh, need to do it and I need 
I just, I needed to do it. Um, and it's something I've thought about for a, a long time, but I also like, I think it was something very comfortable for me to lean on. And, uh, just because I, I tend to do that is I hide behind certain things, especially in real life. Uh, and I, I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, well, Liz Cooper and the stampede. And I feel like my mm-hmm. band is like Liz Cooper and <laughs> they don't want to say that they're the stampede because they thought it was dorky and so I was so afraid to be like I just want this to be my name because I thought that they were going to be offended and they were like no thank god so (laughs) I was like great okay this is what it is and Uh and yeah so it's just me um learning to become a better uh band's leader and just a doing things for myself instead of, uh, for everybody else, which is just something that I do in my personal life. And when did, at what point in the process did you come up with hot sass, the title track and how did it become the title track? How did it inform the, the album as a whole? It just, that song started as a joke. Uh, and it, it just fell out of me one day because I mean, it, it started as a joke, which many things in my life, this normally happens where it's like, I have a very dark sense of humor. So I will make a joke about something and it's usually very real. And then it turns into a real thing. And then it like, everything is around this thing that I've been joking about. And I mean, it really, I, I feel like, the song itself, Hot Sass, is about me basically freaking out, also not giving a fuck and be basically being like, fuck you to everyone in myself and getting in my car and driving and then like basically like blacking out because I'm in my head and then I find myself at the Kroger parking lot. And then, you know, I'm like having like a panic attack and whatever, whatever I'm going through in my safe space of my van, which right now I'm actually currently doing this interview at the, <laughs> at the Kroger. I don't know oh, if wow. you can see oh, wow. it, but I, I didn't, Very meta. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm okay. <laughs> so I, I just, <laughs> well, right. drove here. it's just out of habit of being like, where do I go? I don't know. I, I need to do these interviews. So I'm just going to go here and sit in the parking lot in my safe space. But it's about doing that. And then like, being like, while I'm at the Kroger, I need to go in and get something. And so, uh, I would go in and then, you know, because Nashville is such a small town, you run into everyone, you know, and it's not just like people that you're like, Oh, like, I know you what's up. And like, you wave and go on. It's like people who know you yeah, and they're like, what's wrong Liz. And you're just <laughs> like, Oh my God. And so the whole thing kind of developed off of that song I mean I wasn't that wasn't the first song I wrote for this record it it just came as a joke and then the name I I just thought the the attitude that it brought to everything really linked everything together and was how I felt and how I feel and continue to feel and I mean it's just me not giving a fuck and I, I was going to say, it, there's, it, it's definitely an attitude there, you know, it, it sets a, it, 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 it gives an, an attitude to the album before you even hear a single note. Yeah. Which is great. And I, I feel like this, 
album has a lot of attitude and a lot, I mean, there are a lot of dynamics to it, but it's all very, it's just dynamic. Like it's, yeah. it's, uh, it, it's the attitude in sarcastic ways in real ways in tender ways and in ways where I don't give a fuck. And that's up for people to decide which ones those are. And, but it's all very much me in in every way. This is the most like me thing I feel like I've ever made uh, mm-hmm. because that's what it really is. And and it was me, I think, going into the studio for the first time with people that I really, we all were on such the same page. And it was with people who I really looked up to and really respected and really wanted to work with and, and vice versa. And me knowing what I wanted to say and how I wanted to do things. And so it just came out. And, um, I mean, all like the meat and bones of this record, the vocals, guitar, bass, and drums were all recorded uh, live in, in an apartment. And then from there it was built up. Uh, and, and some of the songs also synth was recorded live. So um, it was just done in as little takes as we possibly could do or in however mm-hmm. many takes that Benny Yurko would let us do, uh, which less is more. And we just really wanted to capture the attitude and feeling of, uh, what is real. Yeah. Um, hot sass, the track fucking rips. I mean, it's just, it's a ripper. I love it. Um, yeah, I love it too. You did mention it's a it's a there's a, a it's a highly personal album. There are biographical aspects to it. Like I feel like slice of life is literally a slice of your life. Yeah, um, you were so so you were adding biographical the the things that seem biographical they they are is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. I I, I uh, am not good at uh, lying, so it's. Yeah. Uh, just me and I mean I can I can stretch the truth in my songs uh and make it more of like a story or whatever I can I can exaggerate certain things but it is very much real and very auto 
biographical. Yeah. I mean, like coming from Nashville, you know, there's sort of the storyteller approach. And so this definitely separates from that, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned uh, Benny Yurko. He produced the album. How'd you hook yeah. up with, how'd you, how'd you connect with Benny? I've known him for a, a long time at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, our mutual friend introduced us and uh, we just hit it off. Um, and I mean, we've just kind of, it's like one of those things where we've, have just been in and out of each other's lives. And, Mm -hmm. uh, we were meant to be creative together in some way. And, uh, I was on tour at whenever I was on tour and it was like, it really had already, like, I, it, I had like made my mind up or there was just like no one else where I was like, Ooh, who could I make a record with? I was like, I want to make a record with Benny Yurko because I really believe in him and I love what he does. I love his sounds and his brain. And, um, so I just texted him and I was like, I really want to make a record with you. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Nice. And that was pretty much it. And, and yeah, so we, uh, I feel like in between that and us actually making the records, there were so many variables involved, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's brilliant and I'm very, uh, proud and lucky to have made this record with him. Did you have a lot of discussion then after, so after the text, did, did, was there a lot of talk with him about, you know, pre-production, I guess, were you, did you have a, a, a plan going in? Well, I mean, when I texted him, it was, I didn't, I just was like, I need to make a record with him. I hadn't done any sort of anything. I was just like, I've got to, I've got to do this now. And so I did. And then from there, I feel like I was like, oh shit, like, okay, I need to start me. Or I just was writing. So I was like, I need to do this. And, um, I don't know. I, we were just on tour so much. I didn't really have any control over anything that was happening. It was just happening. And then Mm -hmm. when Joe came in, uh, that was when we all were like, okay, well we need to make this record and, you know, dates would get pushed back because we had to scramble in certain things and figure out what we were doing. And, uh, you know, I mean, I would send Benny songs and, uh, but I don't know. I mean, we just, it was just very natural. And, uh, we, I mean, I would write the song or I would write a song with, uh, someone else. And like, I, I wrote with, uh, Michael now and Jesse Balin and I oh, wrote, cool. uh, m- motorcycle with my really good friend, Derek that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. These things just like happened very organically and mm-hmm. it was just all very organic. Nothing felt like, uh, contrived or, uh, like it was pushed in, in the right ways, but nothing was just like, we're doing this. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. It just was all happening in real time. And you mentioned Benny's. you recorded at Benny's studio, little Jamaica recordings, which is in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, how, how long were you guys there? I honestly can't remember. I think we were there for like a week and a half, maybe, Uh or a week. I really don't know. 
it sounds like a very cool place to record. Um, can you, can you kind of tell me about it? Can you describe it for me? It's just magical. Uh, and I mean, we recorded in a one bedroom apartment, which is little Jamaica or, you know, that's Uh what it was at the time. And, um, it was just, everything felt like it was alive and we just paid attention to, uh, signs and, anything that we could to make sure that we were making the right decisions as we were going along. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know if I can describe it. I feel like a lot of it is just kind of a secret. And if you know, then you know, and if you don't, then that's fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Um, and and did, did, uh, were you, did you only play guitar on it? Uh, I played guitar. I don't know. We all kind of like mixed instruments at certain points, but I mean, we all played our, you know, our main instruments. And then from there, whatever was overdubbed, like we would Mm -hmm. overdub or whatever, but, um, were the overdubs done like at that same time or did you go back and do them most of everything was done during that time and then there was another time in late february that we went back for a handful of days to see what where we were at because we recorded and then we didn't listen to it until late february so we just like went up and we were like okay what did we do and (laughs) we went in and we were like oh we don't really need to do much of anything else so um yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just done in that first go of us being up there in the studio. Um, and it, it was just us playing and being really, uh, really good at our instruments. And Michael Libramento came in and uh, he's amazing. The synth parts and okay. uh, he's incredible. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, it was just us uh, listening to each other and uh paying attention so you said you're in nashville for rehearsals right now um how's that going great it's you know we're prepping learning how to do it again is it is it joe and ryan that are with you it's joe and ryan and our friend chase that's going to be playing uh keys and doing some other things that we need auxiliary sounds <laughs> yeah yeah and, and um so you're you've you've played the one you played the show at mercury lounge earlier right. this year you got to play so, some of the songs from hot sass yeah we played all the songs oh you played all the songs okay yeah. how, how, how is it how is it getting to play the new tunes um and, and even in rehearsals how's it how's it it's feel so to much get better to, to play them than the old songs yeah. and i think probably everybody feels that way who writes new songs are like, Oh, fuck these old songs. And uh, I don't know, maybe people don't feel that way, but that's how I feel. And, um, I've just been having a blast. I think all of us, I mean, I, I haven't had the opportunity to play with, uh, well, so I, I, I think it's minus chase because he didn't, he wasn't there to record and write for this record, but Joe and Ryan, you know, wrote their parts and 
were there mm-hmm. through the whole experience. So to be able to play this record live uh, with people who were there for that experience is really amazing. And I've never really had that before. Um, yeah, or just cool. with, with like a record being out uh, doing that. And uh, I, it's, there's like a, just such an ease and a sense of trust with everything and everyone because it's their part so they can do whatever they want they know the songs in and out so it's just us doing what we want with our instruments and our voices because it's our song and we can do what we want so does that mean some of the songs are stretching out you're i know you you're you're prone to kind of um let loose during live shows. Um, yeah. Are, are, are you um, jamming? <laughs> yeah, yes and no. I mean, I think we're, that takes time and learning uh, as we tour and uh-huh. also, uh, you know, getting bored of doing the same thing every night. And so you're like, right. Ooh, I'm going to do this. And I mean, we just haven't had that opportunity in a long time yeah. to do it. So, I mean, it's, just a different situation getting back into it. But I would say that things will change as we tour and go along. But yeah, I mean, well, you've, our live set is different than our record. You've got a big tour coming up. I mean, you, you start real soon and, and it, you'll be yeah. on the, on the road for the next uh, like three months. I think you, oh. it, You'll be here in, I'm in Minneapolis, so you'll be here nice. November 20th, the, the second to last show of the tour. So that's, cool. that's a while from now though. You're going to, you're going to be on the road again. Uh, back, Yay! I, I assume you're excited. Is there also some level of anxiety there too? Oh yeah. I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, all, all of my being wants to do it, but also at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to do this at all because mm-hmm. I don't want to see people. And, uh, I mean, I am going to do it cause I'm, I need to do it. It'll make me feel better, uh, to be touring and to be playing music instead of just like one show, uh, after like two years, um, mm-hmm. So I'm like extremely, extremely excited. And I've, I've become more excited now that we've been rehearsing and uh, bet, yeah. things progress. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely anxious and because I, I'm being taken out of my routine that has been my rock for the last like, yeah, year yeah. and a half. And um so I, I just am trying to make sure that I can stay as healthy as possible on the road and and not push myself in certain ways that I'm prone to push myself and mm-hmm. to just do things with a different approach. And also, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily like going to go hang. I mean, I'm not going to hang with people out there. I, I think touring is going to be just really interesting and very different than how it normally is where there is just such a sense of freedom to do whatever and end up wherever and stay wherever. And, and I, I mean, I'm not down with that. So that's why, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to make sure that all of my shows are vax vax only and uh, everyone needs to wear masks and, and respect that because I mean, I think that's, that's very cool. 
you know, you mentioned it, it's Vax only. Um, and you're, so w- was that intentional to not add, um, allow negative testing to also be? Um, uh, I mean, I know that there admissible. are certain states where yeah. legally you can't enforce right. that. Uh, but I mean, I'm going to try yeah. my damnedest to, to make well, good, it that. Good, and, good for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just don't feel comfortable having people in a room that I don't know that necessarily that aren't necessarily on the same page as everyone. I want people to feel as safe as possible. And I don't want, I I would be devastated if there was some sort of situation where someone got COVID uh, at my show and then like spread it to someone uh, and then someone got really sick and got really hurt. And uh, because of somewhere where they could, feel like they could go and be safe and have a good time. So I don't know. I, I just, I think I know everybody, everybody's reality of this has been uh, different and mm-hmm. uh, everyone has a different perspective and uh, has a different opinion on all of this, but I'm just going off of what I've been you know, experiencing and what I think. And I just want everyone to be vaccinated and to be wearing a mask. And, uh, I mean, that's just what it is. Well, it'll hopefully keep you safe, keep your crew safe, uh, keep yeah. the band safe so that you guys yeah, can, so we can, can keep, go and do it. And yeah. So you can make yeah, it to Minneapolis. <laughs> exactly. And so these venues can keep staying open and we can keep right. touring and, you know, everyone on my team can keep working. And I think, I, I mean, I hope people at shows realize that that's the case, that it's not just like affecting them or whatever. It affects a lot of people. And, um, that's what makes everything so frustrating. No doubt. Yeah. You should go to a show and maybe leave with a poster uh, or a t-shirt, not a a deadly infection. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, well, best of luck to you. Uh, best of luck with rehearsals. Stay safe out on the road. Yeah, thank um, you. Good luck with the album release. Hot Sass comes out thirty ti- on Thirty Tigers on September third. Um, it's a great album. I encourage everybody to listen to it. Um, thanks for talking to me today, Liz. Good to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you, Andy. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you when you get here in November. Word. Thank you. All right. Take care. Stay safe. All right. You too. Bye. Bye bye. of fun talking to Liz. Many thanks to her for taking the time to chat with me. Be sure to check out her terrific new album, Hot Sass, when it comes out tomorrow, Friday, September 3rd. Thanks as always to everyone out there for listening. We hope you like what you hear. Once again, our thanks to Jake Alexander for helping produce the episode. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, 
Enjoy the long weekend. We'll go see live music. <laughs>